Hello, and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I'm your host, Justin Grice, the COO of LCO Law, and with me is my wife, attorney Natalia Wallette Grice, the owner of LCO Law and published author of two amazing books on real estate investing. And uh, you can find both of those on Amazon. I'll put the link in the description for you. Now, in today's episode, we're going to talk about a fairly complex topic that could be a real headache for investors, and it's expensive to litigate. So knowing the law and knowing your rights surrounding easements can affect how you access your property, relationships with your neighbor, and can dictate how and where you build on your property. This isn't meant to scare you off. Instead, it's meant to give you the tools that you need to make informed decisions about your deals. So diving right in, Natalia, can you break down in, in basic terms what an easement is? Sure. Uh, so an easement can be thought of as a right to do something on somebody else's land. And that right is tied to the land, otherwise known as running with the land. Uh, many times easements exist for access purposes. Sometimes it's for utilities or even for common use of uh, things like well and septic with your neighbors. Okay. All right. So that, that's pretty basic. It's mm -hmm. just the right to use somebody else's land. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what, what are the different types of easements that exist in Florida law? So... Uh, I'm going to give you a little tiny bit of a version of a law school primer, but there's two essential theories of easements, right? One says appurtenant easements. That just means an easement that runs with the land, meaning once it's there, it continues and passes on to your heirs, beneficiaries, the people that you sell your land to. That's appurtenant. The other one is engrossed. So an easement in gross is tied to a specific person. So it's not really an easement. It's like a specific license to use your land that you grant to a human being or to a business, but that's not something that's gonna continue to run with the land, which is actually one of the aspects of what a real easement is. It continues and runs with the land. Sure. Um, there's easements that are express, implied, statutory, or prescriptive. So those are like the two sub things of easements. Express means you and your neighbor agree and get it written down and record it in an instrument where it says, hey, I'm letting you go through this like 30 by 500 foot strip of my land so that you can run your utilities or get access to you know, the nearest public road. That's an express easement. Implied, um, so a common law, we are a common law country. This just means that we base the laws on the previous cases that exist. Sure. That's common law. Uh, so an implied easement is uh, something that's been <laughs> existing for, well, around a thousand years. Uh, but in essence, it's you've got two or a common owner of land, kind of subparcels of his land, creates a landlock. And so that landlock parcel needs access still. So that owner has, by implication of creating a landlock parcel, um, created an easement to go through the parcel that he's retained to get through to the nearest public road. So that's implied. So, so when investors hear like ingress and egress rights. Right. That's, that's what that's you're access. referring to. Yep. That's access. Uh, there's statutory easements. So the Florida legislature has decided that, hey, if you're in a landlocked parcel and it doesn't have a common adjacent owner, you can file a lawsuit to uh seek access through one of your neighbor's parcels, but you do have to pay them for it. So that's the statutory way of necessity. Sure. And then there's prescriptive easements. This is like uh, this, you have to have at least had open hostile use of somebody else's land to get through your landlock parcel for at least 20 years and you confirm it through a lawsuit after at least 
a 20-year period of prescriptive use. So those are easements in a nutshell. Holy cow. <laughs> Remember when I said this was going to be a complex topic? Yep. Now you're getting your, uh, your law degree here. <laughs> so what are some common situations where easements may come into play with Florida investors? So the, the most common ones are, uh, you know, for access purposes, um, you know, you might find a, a particular parcel of land, especially if you buy at auctions, could be sheriff's auctions, it could be at foreclosure auctions, it could even be at tax deed auctions. And you, you can get a great deal uh, for land, but you realize, oh no, I don't actually have direct public road access to my parcel. So that's a common situation. Uh, there might be a need for utilities. So you might actually have uh, access to public road and that's not your issue. Your issue is that where your parcel is situated doesn't have direct um, access and connection to the utility lines. That's right. especially common for development purposes. Yeah, sure. So that those are the two biggies there uh, for development and for access. Okay. All right. And so are there any like potential risks associated with owning a parcel that is subject to an easement in Florida? Yes. So if you own a piece of land that actually is the one subject to an easement, meaning you are in the eyes of the law, the servient parcel owner, <laughs> then uh, yeah, there, there can be issues, right? One, you've got to make sure that you're not prohibiting uh, use of the easement to the person that is the dominant parcel, the one that benefits from the easement. So no putting up fences that, you know, have locks and chains that don't let them go through. Uh, you can get sued for that. Um, the easement holder can and is allowed to, under law, uh, improve and maintain your easement for the whole uh, of scope of the easement. So let's say the easement is for 30 feet by 500 feet, but so far they've only got a dirt road that's maybe 10 feet wide. That easement, especially if it's an express one, um, the whole thing can be improved by that dominant parcel holder. You don't get to say, oh, no, I don't want you to pave this. So they can cut down trees, yep. you know, mm -hmm. things like that, and actually modify your parcel in order to access the easement as it's written? Well, in order to utilize it and improve it and, and make it better. And, and you know, as, as time goes by, right? Like for example, uh, you need emergency service vehicles to go through to your parcel. They might get bigger trucks. And so the codes for fire and all that improve over time. And you might actually need full use of the parcel width that you've been given in your easement. And so, um, when you're a servient parcel holder, you've got to be mindful of how wide is your actual easement because all of that can be used by the dominant parcel holder and you, you can't get in the way, not without paying damages in a lawsuit. Sure, sure. So how does someone obtain an easement? You know, is this a, a handshake kind of deal? Do they have to be recorded? How does one go about getting the easement? So some easements, like I mentioned, are implied, meaning you don't have to go get them. They exist by by consequence of law when there's that common prior owner and one retained a landlocked parcel and or gave away a piece of land that's now landlocked. That means that it, it's there. It exists immediately. The statutory way of necessity is also actually immediately in existence by operation of law. You don't have to file a lawsuit to get a statutory way of necessity. It's only when the person whose land you're going over is trying to block you that you see the lawsuit happen because sure. that easement is already there. And then, of course, if you can actually enter into an agreement with your neighbor to 
uh, create an express easement. That's, that's the best kind, right? To common agreement by the parties. That one should be in writing and it needs to be recorded in the official records, kind of like a deed. Right. So I guess I would ask with these implied easements and things like that, that aren't necessarily recorded, how do you even prove that that easement exists? So it's, uh, it's based on use, right? Um, it's the nearest and most practicable route to the public road. Okay. So that's, uh, those are some of the elements that get used by the court in determining where an easement is located, where's the implied easement located. All right. So we, we, we've talked about obtaining an easement, but can an easement be terminated or revoked for any reason? So... Um, I'll start out with express easements. So those are the ones that the two parties agreed, it's in the public record, it's recorded, right? Those express easements cannot be unilaterally terminated. So without the agreement of both parties to get rid of the easement, one or the other side can't just be like, no, I don't, I want it gone. It doesn't work that way. You will get sued. <laughs> <laughs> um, for uh, important Statutory ways of necessity, which, like I said, exist as a matter of law, but let's say your neighbor doesn't want to allow you to go through, right? In those cases, if, uh, let's say, the county creates a new road that goes on another side of your property, and now you do have direct access to a public road, that statutory way of necessity goes away. It disappears. So it's it's terminated by the fact that it's no longer needed because there's actual public access to a road. Sure. Um, and then another way to terminate uh, an easement, right, is if, if somebody is doing prescriptive use, which is just a, a nice way of saying adverse possession of an easement. That's the one I was talking about with 20 years that mm -hmm. you need to have, right? If the owner of the property comes by and says, oh, no, 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 this this access you're attempting to use of my property is not okay, that terminates the whole attempt to do a prescriptive easement. So it's, it's very fact-specific, <laughs> but there are some ways to terminate easements. Okay. All right. Now, do, do easements that are recorded or e even implied, I guess maybe not so much implied because they're there by, by necessity and stuff, mm -hmm. right? Right, necessity. But, but do easements affect property value if, you know, neighbors were family members and they, oh, yeah, John, you can go ahead and create this road, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Do those affect property values at all? Yes. So, you know, uh, let's start out with like a landlocked parcel, right? If you have a landlocked parcel and you don't have an express easement, the value of your property is going to be a, a lower value of a property that has direct access to a public road, uh, clearly, right? Um, there, there's a possibility there, right, that you might need to litigate with your neighbors, especially if there's no common prior ownership. And if you've got um, problematic neighbors that don't want to allow you access, even though it's, it's the nearest public road, right? Sure. So that can depress the value of the property because it means it's complicated for access purposes. You're going to have a smaller pool of potential buyers um, and litigation, and litigation costs, right? costs. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, And we've run into that mm -hmm. where yep. there there is an easement, it's recorded, and the neighbors still don't want to grant access. <laughs> That's right. And then on the other hand, if you own the servient parcel, so the parcel that is subject to an easement, it is also going to be a little bit impactful as far as the value of your property. One, because 
you don't have full free and clear fee simple ownership of your land. Um, and this is more for ingress egress access purposes. Uh, your lender usually has to accept the easement. Uh, they, you know, especially if you've had litigation on it, the lender generally has to sign off on that modification because their original mortgage secured a full fee simple parcel, right? And now with litigation, the parcel's worth a little bit less. Okay. Generally, you can think of his easements as being, uh, and this is like a, a heuristic, right? Just a rule of thumb, around 15% of the value fee simple of a parcel of land is what the value of an easement is uh, for ingress and egress. But you got to remember, they're almost everybody's land is subject to easements. They're subject to utility easements. You know, sure. you'll see that 10 foot strip, 15 foot strip of your piece of land where Tico has an easement or the water utility company has an easement or the uh, cable company. So almost every parcel of land is affected by easements. Okay. Yeah. It's not something you really think about mm -hmm. uh, because it is implied. Yep. Right. Um, so this is this next one is actually a question that I found on, on one of the um, social media forums. Um, so a, a guy had a parcel and he had an easement on it for a landlocked, mm -hmm. you know, piece of land. And so he was asking, can a property owner be held liable for injuries that occur on the easement? It, you know, so they're improving mm -hmm. the land and a tree falls on a guy. It's technically on your land but it's subject to that easement, are they still liable for those injuries and damages? So the the likelihood of that is, yeah, they can be potentially liable. And here's the reason why. Most easements for ingress and egress, for access, right, are non-exclusive, meaning both the owner of the property and the owner of the adjacent dominant parcel, the landlocked parcel, have access and the ability to use it. And so because both have access to it, because it's not exclusive to one party or the other, that means that both of their actions may have potentially created the issue resulting in liability, in the injury. So yeah, both can have liability. Very few easements are exclusive when it comes to access, ingress and egress, because most people like tend to use the same drive way, um, only in cases where you see like a completely that you know part of the land where the easement is is not anywhere near the other person's property or house or driver or something like that then you might arguably say okay i didn't have anything to do with this i you know i wasn't handling it i wasn't improving it nobody used that from my side but it's very fact specific wow. <laughs> that that actually is a little bit scary right because yeah. you're not actually you know doing the work you have no choice to stop them from doing it you know, because they have the right mm -hmm. to improve that easement mm -hmm. in order for them to access and they do something stupid and hurt themselves, you can still be held liable. Yes. And that's why you want to be properly insured. Properly insured. <laughs> <laughs> so easements, you, you, you mentioned that they kind of carry along with the parcel. Mm -hmm. Can easements be granted for a limited period of time? They can right so you can say uh granting an easement for like like for example ingress and egress um to this specific parcel until 
such and such public road project, yada, yada, is completed. So that's where you'd see timelines, where there's something that's going to be providing access in the future that's known to the parties. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's really then a license rather than an easement, because when you put a deadline on it, it's generally because it's somebody no longer being an owner of a property, right? Uh, like, let's say you, you're okay with your neighbor, Richard, going through your driveway to access the nearest public road, but you're not okay with anybody else or anyone he sells it to. So at that point, you're just issuing a license to a person. Uh, and those are really the two big difference. Easements run with the land. They're actual vested interests in land that run with it. Licenses are, you know, limited in scope time periods. Think of it as like the difference between being the owner of a property and being a tenant in a property. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Now, these licenses that you're talking about, are those recorded the same way that easements are? Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely recommend that licenses be recorded because even though there are even more scope limited kind of an interest in land, you want to put other people on notice that they exist. And the way that you do that is by recording it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so can easements in Florida be modified? Size, length, you decide, you know, this limited time easement or license, as you put it, can these be modified through the court, through the recording? Do they have to be agreed upon? So modifications generally, like if it's an express easement, it's got to be by both parties agreeing. Um, if a the necessity no longer exists, um, then that can be modified by, quote, operation of law to either no longer existing or being much more limited in scope. Um, and also in terms of like modifying it, right? It might be that the need is greater because something happened. So let's say you have a 10 foot easement um, that was there, a little road path, et cetera, to get in and out of your land. But you get a, a notice from the uh, county fire department that says, we need to be able to drive our vehicles through here and this is not wide enough. You need 25 feet. Right. So then if it's a it's an easement created by necessity, it is now 25 feet <laughs> modified by the change in necessity. Sure. And are you required to improve that easement? So it's already 10 feet. You paved it yourself. The fire department says now we need 25 feet. Are you responsible for that extra 15 feet of paving all the way down? So if the fire truck can get through you know, on it not being a paved road, yeah. right? Because, I mean, we have dirt roads all over different parts of, of Florida, right? Uh, dirt roads, gravel roads, that kind of thing. So as long as a fire truck can get by, it's just what it means is that this is, it just gets widened by operation of law, okay? okay? But your job as an easement holder is to maintain it and to improve it and all of that. You have that right to do it. You can neglect to do it too, though. Okay, there's no like obligation, but you should. Okay. All right. All right. So we, we've talked about how important it is to record an easement, but not all easements are recorded, right? Mm -hmm. How can an investor determine if the property that they're bidding on or looking at to buy has an existing easement if it's not recorded? So the number one thing you should do is definitely reach out to a seasoned real estate title attorney because you're going to have to have a title search done 
not just on your parcel, but on the adjacent parcels to see if there's common ownership, one, to determine if there's an implied easement, and two, if there is no implied easement, to help determine what the nearest practicable access is, and I mean legal access, like you don't want to go through something where it would be unlawful because the county doesn't allow anybody to go through that. You want actual like near public road type of access. So it's definitely something that you want to get an attorney involved in. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, now these easements that are granted transfer with the property, can an easement itself be sold? I mean, cause you, you, you did mention something about, you know, statutory where they have to pay mm-hmm. the, the, what dominant parcel? They have to pay the servant parcel. The servant parcel. parcel, right. Mm-hmm. Um, can these be transferred? That So easements run with the land. <laughs> so a license can potentially be sold uh, if it is authorized in the license agreement. An easement, though, because it runs with the land, it, it passes between servient and dominant parcel holders, right? So um, an easement, you know, if you pass away and you're the dominant landowner, right? That easement can pass on to your heirs, that okay. easement access. That easement access uh, gets sold with your property getting sold. Um, it passes on to your beneficiaries if you put your properties into a trust, for example, right? So in that respect, yes. As an individual kind of like securitized thing, that would be very, very risky to do. Okay. So basically, no. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend it. Not that it can not be done, but I wouldn't recommend it. Awesome. It it sounds to me like there is a heck of a lot more, you know, with easements than we can really dig into. Mm -hmm. And frankly, when it comes to easements, I know a lot of you investors like to do the DIY thing, but it doesn't sound like it's worth the risk when it comes to easements. It's not worth the risk with easements. All right. So, Natalia, what are three things that an investor should take into consideration when they're buying a parcel that may be landlocked or has maybe a servient easement in there? Mm -hmm. So, number one, uh, check for access with uh, an appropriately licensed and well-trained real estate title attorney. Um, number two, if you don't see any recorded easements for the parcel that you're looking into, set aside money to purchase access. <laughs> and remember, you set calculation rule of thumb about 15% of the fee simple value for whatever it is that you need. So you can calculate it by square footage. Um, and then finally, you need to make sure that if you buy a land that's subject to an easement, you have really amazing uh, hazard insurance coverage because there's just going to be more people running through your parcel.